0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This is episode number 14. Once, doce, trece, catorce. Muy bueno, amigos. My name is AJ. We are here each and every single week bringing you the amazing artists in the craft beer scene to help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. Episode 14 features Lindsay Tweed. We came to learn of Lindsay through the work that she has done for Trogues Brewing. She very famously, in my opinion, did the rebranding of the entire Trogues catalog, slowly but surely, and now she just keeps on crushing it. So what I liked about speaking with Lindsay, first of all, she is... A Philadelphia native by way of Florida, but she's been repping Philly for long enough, so she is one of the crew. Her love of Philly, her love of Bernie and Art, and just her overall vibe was really great to connect with. But what I liked also about Trogues, I've always been a big fan of Trogues. Nugget Nectar was one that I always tried to get when I would go home, visiting her family, because we weren't getting the distribution yet here in the Northeast, but that has been rectified one of the things I really like about Trogues in, in doing the research is the art of Trogues. They really go the extra mile. They really support the art artists. They have an annual contest. And they even have an article and kind of feature it on their website of how they teamed up with Lindsay for the rebrand. Her great kind of pen and etching work is really bringing the, the brewery and the branding to life. So I think it's just a really smart, really... Interesting and just the overall story is really cool of how she was able to work with them via her old job at an agency and then because of the connection and the passion she was able to when she went out on her own doing freelance was still able to keep that so it's really really unique something really special that they saw that and the the corporate bullshit and red tape didn't impede the great work so it was great talking to Lindsay most recently, Lindsay was featured at Philadelphia Beer Week. They had an art of, you know, kind of craft roundtable. They featured Daniel Endicott from Forest, in Maine, who we'll have on in the future uh, episodes, and a few other cats that we'll be trying to get here on future episodes of the 16-Ounce Canvas. But remember, you can check us out via the World Wide Web, 16ozcanvas.com. We are all over Instagram. Day by day, the hashtag will take over. Hashtag 160 six OZ canvas or pound sign or for all you kids out there, the tic-tac-toe. Now, what is your go-to tic-tac-toe starter move? Are you a classic in the middle? Or do you like to go rogue and go somewhere else and just kind of throw people off? Something to think about. But you can check us out on Instagram, like I said, 160 six OZ canvas. We are on Facebook. We're also... On Twitter. So get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your recommendations. We've been getting some cool messages of late from folks who think there's new artists out there who we are missing. We will find you wherever you are. We will find you and we will feature you. And we will be bringing you one of our future episodes. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Lindsay Tweed right here on the 16-ounce canvas the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode number 14. The one and the four is where we are. It is fucking crazy. Here we go. Lindsay Tweed, 16-ounce canvas, Art of Craft Beer podcast. Salute! All right, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas. I am really excited to have with us Lindsay Tweed out of my hometown of Philadelphia joining us. Thanks so much for making the time, Lindsay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good to be here.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Now, what part of uh, Philadelphia are you from?
1: Well, I'm originally from Florida, actually. Um, So I was born and raised in the South, but I moved to Philly about 10-ish years ago now, and I live in uh, northeast Philly, kind of in the Tacone neighborhood.
0: Oh, great. Uh, Yeah, I grew up in the northeast. Uh, Oxford Circle is where I was early years, Um, and then my, my family... Is up uh, on the on the Boulevard near near to Bisco in that area of town Summerton. And, oh yeah, I know right where that is. Yeah, cool. Yeah, near the big malls. Yeah, so it's always good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a yeah. little further out
0: there. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, like my my father uh, worked for the city of Philadelphia, and like I don't know if it's still the case, but you had to be in the city proper. So we were, li- I mean, we we're literally less than a mile from, I guess you know, right that you know where that. PA Turnpike exit is in in the the Chamonix area so I mean it was definitely a loophole that we we took advantage of
1: I think they recently changed that and like at least cops are allowed to move out of the city now yeah I I think it
0: was I think it was a a kind of limiting you know the the crop of folks but me most folks yeah my dad was a social worker and moved up so I mean he was born and raised and so was my mom he was in Port Richmond and my mom was in Mayfair so I think I did hear that though in the last like, you know, five or 10 years. They kind of, I think it's, I think it's a mile radius now. I think it's like a 30 or 60 mile radius or something like that, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I don't know. We'll find out. If you're out there, all the cops that are listening to this, we definitely have a, probably don't have a cop, uh, (laughs) but if you're a Philly cop listening, we'd love to hear from you. So, so uh, what brought you to, what brought you to Philly up from, what part of Florida are you from?
1: So I'm from um I'm from Fort Myers it's like a little town well it's it's getting bigger now it was smaller when I grew up in the in the outskirts of it but it's like southwest Florida gulf coast um, so it um just kind of just kind of out there in the out there in the swamp hanging out and uh I oh god it's a really funny story I met my boyfriend on the internet and this was back oh man this was back in like late 90s early 2000s before batch or before anything before anybody was doing anything like that um and yeah we met on the internet and he lived up up this way and we were just friends for a while we were just kind of like chatting and uh friends for a long time and then kind of blossomed into something else and you know 10 years later we're still together so I guess it worked out
0: yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, how yeah. I met, that's how I met my wife back in the, uh, that that pe- period of time it was on a I used to do some radio work and she happened to be in the local area and i was just kind of you know horn out the show to to anybody i could find to check it out and then it turned out she lived kind of like around the corner from me which was cool and so you know here we are married and you never
1: know where you're going to meet somebody
0: yeah married with children so it's all it all works out well so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll queue up the song when I, when I do the editing. Um, but yeah, so that's great. Yeah. How's, I mean, I always find it interesting folks, the getting used to the weather in Philadelphia versus, if you're from Florida, was that a, was that a a tough one?
1: I like the change in seasons. Um, you know, I, I, I had, I had never, like I didn't do much traveling growing up or anything like that. So I didn't see snow until I came up to Philly, um, in the winter one time. So that was the first time I had seen it. And, uh, you know, I, it has its pros and cons. You know, um, I'm not I'm not super into ice and everything just being dead for, you know, four or five months. Um, but uh, but, yeah, it's better than being hot all the time and, and just seeing the same stuff every day. Yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, I think that I wouldn't say winter's my favorite, but I, I think that when it's snow, the first couple of days of snow are my favorite. And then once it's like dirty snow and gross and, <laughs> and a pain in the ass to drive, then it's not then it's not as fun. But there's a couple. Yeah, I would say, you know. 20 to 25% of the winter, I, I'm enjoying it. I and mean, it's also good mm-hmm. you know, d- to stay inside and kind of get you to just kind of slow down a little bit and, you know, maybe get a fire going and just kind of chill.
1: Yeah, it's just a whole different vibe.
0: So as an as an artist, have you was art something you've always been doing, you know, your whole life? I mean, give me a little insight into to Lindsay, the artist.
1: Yeah, so I pretty much, I mean, I grew up drawing. Like, that was just kind of what I was always interested in um and I would draw a lot of like fantasy dragons you know monsters stuff like that when I was a kid and and I was always into that and then as I got older I kind of realized actually I play I dabbled a little bit in web design like back in the 90s and that was kind of like my introduction to to any kind of you know creating anything on the computer um and then uh as I got older I kind of realized like oh graphic design is a thing and this is how I could potentially be an artist to a degree, you know, be an illustrator or whatever. And then also, you know, get a decent job. <laughs> so It was like the perfect kind of marriage of that for me. So I went to school for design and then, uh, I spent, you know, probably the first, um, kind of cut my teeth at a, uh, Alt weekly kind of like a, you know, nightlife kind of paper out in the suburbs. Um, and I worked there for about two years, um, doing editorial design. And then I, uh, ended up getting into advertising. Which is kind of which has been my day job and my career since then,
0: right? And yeah, if you go to your your website, uh, Stroyvor. That's s t y r o v o r dot com. We'll link up on the site and stuff like that. But your yeah, your portfolio is really interesting. I think it's kind of uh, it's really robust and it has a lot of interesting you know pieces, and I, I, re- I really enjoyed it.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, so uh, so I worked at. Um, they were Neiman when I started and then they got acquired by an agency out of Boston, Allen and Garrison. Um, but I was there for about six years and, you know, that gave me the opportunity, you know, I do graphic design, but I also work on, you know, TV and photo shoots and billboards and all, you know, all kinds of different stuff. So it's, it's given me the opportunity to kind of have my, uh, work on a lot of different clients and do a lot of different things.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, the portfolio is, it's really robust. It's, it's, it's you know, it kind of all over the gamut. So I think that's really, I think that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's, that's kind of my favorite thing about being a, you know, I've always defined myself as, you know, a graphic designer or an art director first and kind of an illustrator second. Um, and part of the reason is, you know, I really enjoy the opportunity to dig into any particular client and find you know, experiment with different styles and find a solution that works for them rather than just being, you know, an illustrator. You're just kind of doing your own thing and you, and people find you for projects that you're a good fit for. Um, I've always tried to be kind of a chameleon and work with a lot of different things.
0: Now, was there a project kind of like early on, like the first time maybe you saw your work in print or on TV that kind of that you remember?
1: Um, I was the lead creative on Sunoco for most of my time at Neiman and Allen and Gerritsen. And, uh, that was the big thing. Cause I started there and that was the first client I was put on. And, um, originally I was just like working on these, uh, uh basically hot dog signs and Mountain Dew signs and where like a, a big bulk of our business was like just doing the stuff at their, the, the point of purchase stuff at their gas stations. Um, and I remember, well, I can't remember what think what what particular you know type of sign it was but that was my first opportunity to really be like oh I'm doing this stuff and then I get to go get gas and then it's out there and I made that thing so yeah it's it's fun it's it's always the first time seeing stuff like that out in the world is always uh is always exciting
0: yeah, I really and I again say if you go to the website, there's just I mean the I like the I'm a big yellow mustard fan, so I was a big fan of I'm a big fan of the work the the, the, the mustard day work you did. You chose the yellow mustard, which I was really happy about. So I was I was a big fan
1: of that. It's the classic. I mean, you can't argue with it.
0: Yeah, a lot of folks are I to me mean, now. You got the Dijonades, you got all these kind of hybrids and you know honey mustards and yellow <laughs> mustard. That's where it's at. I mean, that's for me. I'll take it, especially yeah. with the, especially with the little pretzels. I mean, I'm I'm just good to go right there. <laughs>
1: Now, yeah that was for yeah. uh, that was that was for decent watson i mean that was you know there that, that's the fun thing about doing lettering and it's really exploded over the past couple of years i mean when i i first started doing it you know years and years ago and now it's like a it's whole it's a whole um category into itself but um that was that was fun for decent watson cause it's like you know you get to play with food so i really enjoyed doing that right
0: and i think that you know one of the things that really sticks out with your style and you know if you follow along on the website if you and again you go to the stride on on instagram you can see Lindsay's work is her her letter of writing and kind of that topography and it's really it's really unique and it, it, i agree you see a lot more you know i think that folks have come to maybe i don't know appreciate more like the the simpleness which is i don't want to minimize it because i think it's really i think there's great font and you know using letters to express a story, I think it's really powerful. And I think it's really kind of come a long way in that sometimes that openness of a of a piece doesn't have to have a thousand things going on to it. You know, a really strongly lettered piece can really do, you know, do a lot for the, the image or the branding. So I think it's, you know, I think your work really showcases that.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it's really interesting how, you know, you, to your point, you don't need necessarily a lot of embellishments and a lot of layers and a lot of detail all the time it's just you can just select taking the time to select the right type style um can just say so much you know like you don't you don't necessarily need all of that so i i actually do trend towards um in my personal work at least kind of more minimalist sort of expression that way
0: yeah now what is the kind of like how is that how do you get that? Like is that are you using certain types of, of pens or, or markers? What is kind of how are you getting those?
1: So it's changed for me. So I well recently I got a um I decided to take the plunge. I needed a new computer forever and the Microsoft Studio came out. Um that like big honkin thing that's like a, you know, twenty eight inch or whatever tablet that you can just fold down and draw right on it. Um and it's all like an all in one. Um so I got one of those and I've been I, I just got that like two or three months ago. So I've been kind of playing with that and getting into that whole world. Um, but prior to that, I was um, and I still love to draw with, you know, whether it's brush pens or my microns or whatever else, like I usually were, was at my desk um, drawing in like a traditional sort of way. Um, and then a lot of times I would start there, scan it in and then kind of finish it in Photoshop or Illustrator, depending on what the needs were. But I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm still kind of adjusting. Like, I don't know, I, I got this thing and I'm, and I'm enjoying experimenting with it, but I still really, you know, y- you can't replicate that feeling of pen on paper. It, it's just really satisfying.
0: Yeah. A lot of folks. Yeah. A lot of folks are kind of, it's interesting. I find it because I think, yeah, with technology, it's become easier, but you know, some folks are, have mastered it on the computer and maybe they're not on the paper and some, uh, yeah, everyone seems to have a different way to do it. And I think, those who are kind of more analog folks, you know, they find it, um, the transition to be, you know, a little little more difficult if, you know, trying to do that. And I don't necessarily know if it's a technology difficulty. I think it's, a lot of it's mental, right? I mean, you're trying to, mm-hmm. like, it's, it, I don't know, not to speak for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think some folks feel like almost like they're cheating. It's like, how you know, like, this is, <laughs> in, a, in, in a way, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I get, uh, I get that from my parents a lot. My parents are like Luddites in a lot of ways and aren't, um, I, I don't mean to say that that, that that that's where you're coming from, but they, whenever I talk to them about, oh, I got this new computer and I'm doing a lot of stuff digitally and my dad's like, well, that's kind of cheap. Like the computer kind of does it for you, doesn't <laughs> It's like, no, dad it doesn't do it for, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a means to an end, you know? Um, so on one hand, I get what you mean because there is, especially with my lettering, I want to I want to be as good and precise with that as I can, like straight from pen to paper. I want it to look great. And there is the the reality is you can scan that in and you can fix whatever you want about it and make it look great, you know, in Photoshop Um, no matter what that product is, you know, when you're, when it's just pen and paper. Um, So I have a desire to be really good, you know, naturally um, through analog means, but I don't think it's cheating. You know, I think you get to whatever your means are to get to, you know, whatever that end result is, you know, however you achieved that you know good for you looks good yeah
0: I don't think it's cheating but you just tell folks like yourself who are at different stages you know and it's like they're not sure like like how is this possible and you know and so and from the feel of it sometimes not even you know just the fact that it's a screen and not a paper you know I think is is interesting for people and sometimes it's you know very almost like therapeutic you know when you know that their design period and they're you know on that paper and they see it and kind of you know how it goes it's just to me as somebody i'm fairly tech savvy so the fact that it's possible to do it with these tools to me it's some it's like learning a whole nother i don't think it's cheap i think it's almost tougher like you have to not only now you have to figure out a way to take your art which you knew how to draw on a piece of paper or you know a palette or canvas or whatever and then transfer it in and then work with like t- those programs there's like eighty thousand different options and you know things you can do filters and this and that and it's it's not easy i mean i used to be a hack at photoshop and that was being that's being complimentary and so to, to the folks that take <laughs> it the folks that take it in and do what they're doing and still look like they drew it or the whole i mean it just that just kind of blows my mind in, in, in many ways so i think it's to me it's not way i would say i would say it's harder because you have to learn a whole like a computer program and that's sometimes you know not what folks are you know like they okay
1: I mean, it's it's definitely like any, at the end of the day, anybody can pick up a pen and start drawing. It's a lot more difficult to open up Photoshop and start creating, you know, it's just that you're, you're spoiled for choice or just, you know, it's a, it's a whole interface, you know? Um, So yeah, it's just, it's definitely just two different schools of thought and two different ways to approach it.
0: Yeah. It seems like you're kind of at the, in the middle, you're kind of at the, you know, you're, you're going digital in a way, but you're, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's always been a hybrid, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling it out now. And I I think, I think I might, I don't know, my feeling now is I might kind of fall back to more starting analog and then going digital with it than a purely digital workflow. I don't know. We'll see.
0: It must be a little bit easier though. Just carrying stuff around. You don't have to bring as much stuff with you when you go using the digital. I've heard that a bunch, you don't have to carry around, you know, 10 or 15 different types of pens, you know, you just click a button and it's like, Oh, there's a stroke. That's that pen. I like,
1: yeah. 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 I mean, it is, I mean, you know, it's like, do you want a whole library of books or do you want a Kindle? You know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other debate. Yeah. We have a decent library of books here. I, my, I bought my wife a Kindle and she, she takes the, the real book every time. She, she, she wants to use the Kindle, but it doesn't, it's not the same.
1: Yeah. We're, we're from that generation that's stuck in between. You know, like I think there are a lot of people growing up now that are digital natives that when they when they get older, they won't, you know, I don't know, maybe they won't have the same affection for the printed page and pen on paper and a book, you know, that, that we do. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Right, because I, I definitely I feel the tug from both directions big time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because the good is, you know, now with you know, distribution and publishing, you know, it becomes easier because you don't have to actually have... You know, you don't have to go and a publishing company decide to run off. You know, ten thousand copies of a physical book. You know, they can a they can print off a limited batch, or they can just go a digital route. So it allows one could argue more to be out there, which could also be you know more crap to be out there. But that's a whole other discussion. But you know, I think it's, it's where tough. would we
2: where
1: would we be without Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
0: Well, again, not to promote a podcast, I have nothing to do with, but there's a great podcast called um, "My Dad Wrote a Porno," um, which I just started listening to, and it's based off of the idea. This, these English, this English guy found out his dad was writing erotica because he thought, well this 50 shades of gray thing was pretty popular i can do it and it's it's oh wow it's hilarious it's because the guy the guy's father's in like his mid-60s and it's this in their english so they're like their the accents always win so like they have great english <laughs> accents and each episode they read a chapter of of the podcast of the book and it's it's hilarious because like just an old man trying to describe you know some stuff it's it just definitely <laughs> had, and it, it's just yeah it's it's great
1: I gotta check that out. I hadn't heard about that one.
0: Yeah, it's. I think there's like almost like two. It's there's a good amount of episodes on it. So I mean, I was generally like driving, laughing, and and it's good because they're only like twenty, like twenty five to thirty five minutes long. And and again, they're all it's uh, the son and then his two friends. You know, uh, a guy and a girl. And so it's it it gives interesting perspective. It's really funny. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Now, how would you, uh, this, this is the question I kind of cringe asking artists, but how would you describe your aesthetic? I think, you know, we talked about your versatility and your, your different type of work that you're doing, you know, commercially and, you know, uh, personally, but how would you describe, you know, how would you kind of describe, uh, your work?
1: Um, I mean, my personal, you know, like I said, my, my stuff that I do just kind of in my free time on Instagram or, you know, what, even just, you know, for clients, if that's kind of what they're looking for, um, I I definitely um, trend towards more minimal kind of stuff. Like I think uh, it, it's I don't know I hate yeah I do I, I I was trying to think about this like how to describe my own work is kind of tricky because I do um, I like to experiment with a lot of different styles I really do you know I like to do whatever's appropriate for the brand that I'm dealing with um, and kind of dig in and 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 figure out aesthetically what works for them more than what works just for me. Um, but yeah, my own stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's lettering. It's, it's, it's a very like rough sort of lettering. Like, I don't think I've perfected that kind of, you know, very clean polished kind of look. Um, it tends to be a little more, um, just kind of gritty and expressive over refined. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hate talking about it. Okay. <laughs> it's no, no, it's, it's goofy. That's like, it's that's goofy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like the awkward
0: question. Like at first, I was like, I think I was just proud. Like I'm learning more, and I was like, all right, I wrote this question. And I was like, I was like, that just sounds like an artwork. But then every time I ask it, it's like this. I'd say like seventy percent of the time, there's like this pause, and it's like, oh, you're gonna ask me <laughs> that question, huh? And I was like, yeah, you know. So I've just kind of embraced it as like that awkward. Question. That no I mean, it's it's a,
1: it's a it's a it's a, you know it, it's a good question, I guess, but it's it's one of those things where it's like,
0: right? It's like, hey, it's can like when you ask, know, like, what's you
1: know? your best, what's your best feature or whatever? It's like, I don't know. What do you like? What do oh, you I have, think? I have, like, I, don't... <laughs> I have a
0: list. of ten great features. I just pick from one. Of, yeah, I just keep it. In my yeah, pocket.
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, yeah, I think it's just yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah, but I also, it's a very textbook kind of a question. You know, I think you know so. Uh, I'm glad I could share the. I like
1: with to you. think I like to think the work speaks for itself. Let's put it that there way. There you go. <laughs> That's there what the portfolio go. is for. <laughs> there you go.
0: Now on your Instagram, I think that you put up a lot of these kind of smaller, you know, piece, pieces. What's the? Is that just kind of uh, your your way to, you know, kind of express kind of the uh, the narrative of you know what you're thinking, you know, what's going on in this kind of crazy kind of world we're living in right now. You know, I think it's <laughs> I think that. I find it interesting. You know, I I think we agree a lot of the same perspective socially. And so I just, I was just kind of curious kind of how those come together.
1: A lot of times Instagram for me is just a way to be creative, even if I don't have a lot of time in a given day. Um, You know, if I wanted to sit down and just make, you know, and a lot of the stuff I post there tends to be simpler. It's just, I want to sit down for a half an hour, even if I've had a long day and just kind of dick around and see what I come up with. Um, and I do the one thing that I feel like is lacking on Instagram. And I don't know if it's the audience or the type of people that gravitate towards being creators on that platform, but um, I don't see a lot of political work, you know, or, or anything that's really, you know, engaged in any, I don't know. It's a lot of like, the mountains are calling and I must go and, the, and, the, and that kind of stuff, which, you know, is, is cool too. Um, but I try to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm watching the news and I'm, you know, I try to be somewhat dialed into to everything that's going on in the world right now. And, uh, I think I, I will, and I have in the past and, you know, it, it tends to oscillate between my lettering and the, and the, and the stuff I'm creating. And then, you know, I travel and I'm, I dabble in photography too. So I post that kind of stuff as well. Um, but I definitely like to see a little more, you know, a little more activism, a little less, Partying and FOMO stuff on Instagram.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I one of
0: one of the other artists that we uh, spoke to. Uh, kind of, he, he's uh, more of the kind of the, the simple uh, design, and I always feel weird just saying, "Oh, it's simple design," because I'm not trying to say it's simple and like making it. Like, I think that. By saying simple, I just mean it's not like, like we were talking about before with the o- using of the open space and you know the sometimes you know less is more type of a thing. But um, mm-hmm. uh, his name is uh, Tim Skirvin, and he does work for a brewery out of Virginia uh, called um, Vale Brewing Company. And so we met with him in Richmond a month or so back. And him and his wife have their own kind of uh, design company, and they they do some they do a lot more of that. Uh, you know, political stuff with their free time. So I think that he's somebody maybe I should connect you with because I think he, you guys would hit it off.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, i have to check his stuff out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he started doing some tattoo work, which is pretty cool too. So that was interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever had it? I always find it interesting. Have you ever had any of your work uh, tattooed on anybody? I think I'm going to change that. Hmm. Gonna, that. That might be my new question instead so of the aesthetic question. I'm going to go. I think I might use that one instead because a few folks have said yes. And that to me was probably one of the cooler things. Uh,
1: my best guess would be I probably have only because um, I haven't seen it personally, but um, I can think, I'm trying to think, have I? I don't, I don't think so. But Troggs has such like really devoted fans, particularly of um, like Nugget Nectar and Troganator. Um, it wouldn't, I mean, those, those, they love to get Trogue's tattoos. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's already one out there from the rebrand. All right.
0: Well, if yeah, again, if you're out there and you're a Trope <laughs> send in, super fan, stay. yeah, send them in. <laughs> Tag us up, sixteen ounce canvas, and we will we will whore the hell out of your pictures. We'll make sure we get that on the websites. <laughs> and we're back. There you have it, folks. That was the first half of the Lindsey Tweed interview. Right here at this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really enjoyed speaking to Lindsay, getting to know her. Really like her type work, her lettering. It's a lot of fun, like I said. Check her out, Styrover, on Instagram, or styrover.com, styrovo com. I remember, every Tuesday we put these interviews up—abridged uh, versions of them—but the text version and include the wonderful images, art, design, creative photos of the artists. You can kind of see a little bit behind the scenes, see how it is. We do realize they're a little wordy, but we're not going to change it. We've got a system in place, and we hopefully it'll continue to work. But it's just nice to tell the story, give a little behind the scenes. And show off the artwork because that's why we're here I know you do love my radio voice And I do love the music that we bring to you each and every week here at the 16 ounce canvas but Remember to check us out at 16ouncecanvas.com 16 canvas, the canvas 16ozcanvas.com and You can find out all the information there This is episode number 14 It's pretty amazing to thank everybody who's taking the opportunity to rate us and leave reviews for us via iTunes it does make a difference it does help the program and so we do appreciate you taking the time to do that and if you haven't multitask that shit head on over there right now drop some kindness haters need not apply but again This is the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. On this episode, we are featuring Lindsay Tweed. She's an artist who's based in the Philadelphia area. She is responsible for the Trogues rebrand, and what a great job she has done. I love the Trogonator and Nugget Nectar stuff. We'll find out how she teamed up with them, her story, how things are going for her. Make sure to drop her a line and let us know what you think. Let her know you think of us, or us being her and I, not us as in the we, which is really an I here at the 16-Ounce Canvas. And yes, that was a mind vlog. My name is still AJ. This is still the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beard podcast. Let's get back into it. This is part two of the Lindsay Tweed interview right here from 16-ounce canvas land enjoy Whoa. and that's a great transition um, how did you come to work with them if if i read the stories correctly when you were in your at the agency previously you kind of that originally did some of the branding for them you were were you a part of that team or was that just the company and you, were you part of the original and now the current designs
1: yeah so basically um when i originally started there it was um like i said they were originally called neiman and then they went under they were acquired by allen and Garrison. so it was i was there for about six years um and back troves had been a client of neiman since back i'm pretty sure in the 90s um so they've been a client for a long time and they had had an art director there that had done some of their original packaging um so they were just kind of like a longstanding client and we hadn't really like they would come to us for like little bits and pieces of things here and there. We hadn't really done any big projects for them in several years. Um, And one day they basically came to us and said, well, we're coming out with a new fall seasonal hop knife and we need packaging for it. And this was the first time they'd done any new packaging in a long time. And I ended up on that project because I was, you know, we had a lot of really talented designers there, but not any. None of them could illustrate, um, which you know is it's just two totally different skill sets. So I could draw, and it was like, all right, cool, I can do this strokes thing. Um, so because it is kind of it, it's tricky, you know, when they have this existing look and feel, um, and they're doing something new, and you and you're a new person being put on, you're not going to match what they've done in the past exactly. Um so I kind of took, you know, inspiration from where they were and did new packaging for Hot Knife and the way it worked out was they were really happy with how that looked particularly the 24 pack where we were limited to two colors. Um so we just had like this stark charcoal and green on um on the cream um 24 pack and they basically after it was released they came out and came back and they were like we really loved how hop knife came out and particularly this 24 pack and we've been thinking about doing this rebrand for a long time. And we, we dig this whole visual direction. Like, could we start there and just kind of start thinking about a new logo a new packaging and everything? Um, Which, which to me, that's normally a red flag to, to back into a project that way. It's like, let's do, let's rebrand our whole brewery and we're going to start with this one package that we did and just, um, but it ended up working out really well because it gave us a really good, um, like that was our, that was our lighthouse. It was like, okay, cool. They like this. Um, and there's still, I'm somebody who, you know, I appreciate a good creative brief. I appreciate just a well-defined, this is what we want. And this is the problem that we're trying to solve. Um, so, you know, it, it, to me, like, I don't look at that as a limitation. I look at it as, okay, at least we have somewhere to focus, um, so we we started there and I the team was super lean. It was basically um, I guess in the early stages we worked on um you know tone and and storytelling and that kind of thing. So there was a writer on it. Um I was a designer. Uh, we had a project manager and an account person and um and then a production artist. Like once we once we blew everything out, um, once we kind of figured out, okay, here's the logo and here's some of these different labels, um, the production artist would help with like executing all those different pieces. Um whether it's like you know you're formatting it for a keg ring or for a you know tap handle and all that kind of stuff, because um, it's a bunch of different pieces. Once you figure out what that first piece of key art is, it has to translate into a lot of different formats. Um, but it was a super lean team, and it was it was a just an awesome opportunity to collaborate um, really closely with uh, Chris and John, who are the two brothers that started the brewery. Um, and they're just you know it, it was one of those opportunities that you know, for a lot of creatives it doesn't come along very often where you're working on something that's really exciting and really fulfilling, but you're working with a client that also kind of gets it and lets you do your thing. And, you know, isn't, isn't a, you know, a lot of times it's, it, 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 I don't want to say the clients are difficult, but they can be. Um, and it ends up, you know, or like you have like a board of like five or six different people that all have to put their two cents in. This was just like a very, you know, very holistic approach and, and worked out really well the way we were able to collaborate together. Um, so I did, you know, the logo um, was where we started and um, kind of just some like an overall framework for the packaging, which they knew. I don't know if you, have you seen their stuff before you rebranded?
0: Yeah, I was, yeah. Cause I'm like I said, from the affiliate originally. So I would, I would, when i would come home because their, dis- their distribution hadn't really broken out into new england yet and so i when i would come home i would i'd really i I'd, you know I'd, I'd try to get myself you know a couple six packs of, of nugget nectar and then you know we would always have uh mad elf around christmas time so yeah it was definitely i wasn't even aware of the rebranding and so that was interesting when i went to the store and they kind of i think it almost correlated when they came up this way, and more accessibility, it was kind of like it almost it seemed like maybe there was time that way. I'm not sure, but it just was like, okay, this is a new branding, and there're all these new markets, so that was really interesting to me,
1: huh. um yeah, so they so they originally had um the I would say the overall conceptual basis for their packaging and for their brand didn't really change that much, like you know they had they always had like these really fun expressive. Um, unique illustrations for each of their different beers. They wanted them to have their own personality and their own sort of like mascot or character associated with that. Um, So, you know, the, the, the first step was we did the logo and then we kind of figured out like, what's the, what's the wireframe of what this packaging looks like knowing that they're going to want this piece of key art for each beer and it's going to need to feel consistent. It's going to need to feel self-contained across the whole portfolio. So We figured out what that framework looked like, you know, the shape of the bottle label and how it would, how the key art would fit within it and the shape of the six pack and how the the, the art would fit within it. Um, And once that was signed off on, it was like, okay, now we start updating each of these labels. And in some of the cases um, like a Troganator or a Nugget Nectar where they had a lot of equity in that brand and they're like really beloved labels and mean a lot to the, to their fans. um, It was, we need to keep this the same conceptually. We just want to update the look and feel of it. And then for other ones, um, you know, it was you can kind of like hop back and um, and perpetual like a couple of different couple of different labels. They were like, well, you know, you can kind of you can either take what we have and, and reimagine it, or you can kind of do whatever you want. So we would start with a couple different concepts and sketch form, um, and then go from there. But it was definitely it was definitely a, a good collaborative process between us and the and the brewery
0: yeah I think they're all I think they're all great I mean I think it's really like you said I think it's really clean to your point of the kind of the the trogonator and uh, the nugget nectar you know I think that it still it pulls in from that you know previous image but it, it makes it its you know own so you know it, it, it's still kind of gives a little homage to the to the originals and I think it's you know makes perfect sense that those were the well, you know, kind of foundational ones so you don't want to just kind of scrap it you know the, the holding of the nectar you know it doesn't have as much of that like revolution uh, as the previous one you know with the, the, the <laughs> whole hand but yeah I, I think I, yeah, I really I really like them and so I think that I think they're thanks. really uh compliment- I mean I, it's obvious when you look at your portfolio and you look at these that you, know, you played a, a key part in that with the, with the lettering and just kind of the, the layout of things and that, that sketch kind of, you know, feel to them.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, I'm really happy with how everything turned out and it ended up, um, you know, I, I worked on that at, at the agency for a while. Um, and then uh, we did most of the, I don't, I'm trying to remember how many we did before, probably about 10 labels and, eight or 10 labels. And then I, I actually um, started a different job and it was kind of, and it was like before we were really done with trogues. Um, But I thankfully had, you know, the agency's blessing because it was really something, you know, a lot of times when you work at an agency and you're in a creative department, a lot of different hands touch a project um, and a lot of different people are involved in it. um, Even just a lot of different designers. Um, But in this case, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, this is really, you know, it was it was my baby, and I worked really closely, you know, developing the whole thing, and um, kind of had their blessing to just take Trogues on as a freelance client, you know, after I left. So I I've done six or seven labels for them, just on a freelance basis, and we still have more coming up. So it's been a really good relationship for me.
0: Yeah, I was worried when you because when I was in my head, I'm like doing the time frame. I'm like, okay, she was at that agency, and I was hoping that it wasn't a situation where like you had this you know, vision and, you know, artistic kind of almost like style sheet for it. And then it was like, okay, well, Lindsay's gone. And then they kind of like, you know, hacked up, hacked up your work. So I was, I was getting to that. I was afraid to ask, but I'm glad. And I was hoping you're still, still a part of it you know what I mean like I was like uh-oh like I hope it wasn't like
1: yeah absolutely I mean a, a lot of like, I, you... I, I really appreciate how chill they were about it because a lot of agencies wouldn't have been
0: yeah when you said agency and, and, and then even just kind of like acquiring and become I'm like that's a lot of red tape I'm like oh man this, <laughs> this question might be some tears you know like oh no Lindsay's understudy you know you go to the you go to the theater and it's like oh no now this is going to be played by you know somebody else it's like oh. <laughs> great now What's the the process? You know, how do you work with the brothers? You know, do do they? I mean, they have their scratch series, which I think is really interesting. And um, but when a new beer is coming out, like how much time are you given? Do you have a, a schedule? You know, what's that like working with them?
1: It's it's usually about um, it's usually we're we're typically working on stuff like six or seven months ahead of the release because um, that's like. We have, we have, it, it sounds like a lot of time, but a big part of that is just the, the production time that they need. Um, and then it's also getting stuff approved by the TTB. Like you have to submit and, you know, any alcohol label, you have to submit for approval and that can take, they always say, it's like, Oh, it could be two weeks. It could be three months. So you have to build in this massive chunk of time. They usually get back to them pretty quickly, but you you, know, you never really know. Um, so yeah, it's usually I start working on something about six or seven months out before it hits the shelves. Like, um, like Crimson Pistols is the most recent one. They're summer seasonal that's coming out now. And I was working on that in September, October of last year.
0: Well, cool. What, what secret new beers are coming out from Trogues that we can drop? I mean, now this will probably won't air for six to eight weeks. So you're not really going to blow any spots up. What do you, what do you got for us?
1: Um, and the next six, <laughs>
0: yeah, you have to. I don't think, us, I, I a,
1: don't, a, I don't think I can spill anything. No, oh, good, I, mean, it, it, I, like that. I I, like I got to yeah. keep a zip on it. <laughs>
0: All right, all right, I, I have to try I have to try, yeah, yeah, but I,
1: I, I respect that,
0: yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, a couple times of like you know, yeah, they
1: like, do the the way that they you you can keep an eye out though on um, I think it's like my beer buzz is a blog that um they go into the ttB post publicly, like as soon as you submit something, maybe it's once it's approved, I'm not sure, but either way, once it's in the TtB system, um you can go in there and just find new beers that are coming out before the brewery really publicizes them. So a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, Troves has crimson pistol because they submitted the label for it, you know, in December or whatever. So you do get, you can get a sneak peek at stuff that way.
0: Yeah. That's what I've, I've tried to peek around that just for posting. Like, cause the good thing is they, you can even see the image most of the time and it's really nicely, it's really crisp and it's really nice, but that website is really hard to you. I mean, it's, I think it's by design. it's like this re- Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a little better with it, but even though I'm, I know what I'm trying to find, it's hard. Like, it's just, yeah, it's. I, th- I mean, it, they're they're not updating their technology. You know, they're not trying to make this great UI uh, searchable database. So, but it's
1: yeah. that's 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 any government website, right? Man. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Watch. I'm
0: surprised. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes they'll do the same thing and it works one day, and the next day it doesn't. And I'm like, oh, I, got, I should like do like a video record of how I found because I've found stuff and be like, I don't, I didn't save it, and I go back, I'm like, how the hell did I find that? I don't know. I don't know. Now with your background, I mean, it, the, on you know, doing labels or cans is, is that decided ahead of time too? What, what it's going to be, it would be a bomber. You know, how, how does that go?
1: No. Yeah. They always know, you know, what, what, how they're going to package it. Um, you know, when we kick the project off. Um, but typically, um, just about everything they do is just, you know, traditional, you know, six packs and, and cans, um, for most things. Um, And then they have uh, like LaGravre and Jovial are in the, you know, the corking cage bottles. Um, But again, they always know that, you know, before I start working on it. So, but it doesn't, it it doesn't have too much of an effect on, you know, the way we, because either way it's, you know, it's a very similar shaped label. Um, And, and the way the key art is developed, it's, it's meant to be um, used in a bunch of different formats. So it's always really flexible that way.
0: Okay. Now, I, the the new series, kind of the the Splinter series, that seems to have more of just like a text based kind of topography style to it. Is that part of the style sheet that you guys have designed?
1: So they have um, oh, I don't want to say I, I think her, her name's Rachel. I want to say her name's Rachel Mills, um, but they have an in house her first name's definitely Rachel. I, I think her last name's Mills. Um, in house uh, designer at Troves that is also a, is also a really talented young designer. Um, so she does all their splinter series. So that's actually the one thing that I don't, I don't work on that stuff. Um, so she did like the, they had like freaky peach, like a sour peach that just came out that I, I love, they did like a, like an iridescent, um, like a foil on that. And, uh, she does all the splinter series stuff. So they did like a barrel aged Troganator, and they do like just kind of, you know, whenever they release that stuff, she gets to work on those. So, and she also does the um like I developed the original um design for like the scratch beer label but she does all those like number 252 or whatever all those little lettering treatments that they do for each of their scratch beer she does all that stuff and a lot of their social media graphics all those kind of things Rachel all works on
0: yeah what I really like yeah even just is all their stuff is really clean you know the website and just looking at it and Every, you know, even the art of Trogues, that whole every year they have that that contest, right? And I think that's really interesting, kind of how they really support art. And I think it's, I think it's really like I said, I, I just like things that are really clean. And you know, the images they have on their site of the website, I haven't been to Hershey. Yeah, I, I, I haven't know. been to Hershey in a long time, but I definitely that's one of the reasons I want to get back there.
1: They uh, so were, did you go there after the
0: new breweries built? No, or was I, this before. No, I haven't been there, so it's kind of just you know, I you know yeah, I just haven't been there.
1: It's, it's, it's an amazing space. And it, um, I, I have a lot of respect for, um, Jen Adams is their marketing manager and I work with her, um, anytime we're working on any labels and stuff, but, um, she has just been killing it. You know, like I just think Troves, it's, it's really exciting to see how, you know, a lot of times you work with a client and, you know, whatever you do for them, whether it's a a logo or website or whatever um you kind of h- hand it off at the end and it's just like okay cool like run with it and you know it, cross your fingers and a lot of times it ends up getting kind of butchered and um not you know live up to your expectations for it but um trove just does an amazing job with all that you know i love all the they do like a lot of stop motion animation stuff um on social that i just think is super cool um and the, and the art of trove's contest is really great too you know the the work that comes out of that i'm always impressed by and they have a uh in the new brewery they have a dedicated art gallery for that um so you go down to the one end of it and you can go up and see you know whatever i think they do like some of the stuff's permanent and some of the stuff rotates out you know each year um but a gallery of all the stuff that people have created and it's all you know really awesome work
0: yeah i love that because i was just Even the fact that I thought it was really great. There's, you know, if you go to the website, uh, trogues.com, there's, you know, the the story of how you did the rebranding and there's pictures of you with the brothers. I just thought that was, I I just thought it was, it wasn't necessary, but I thought it would just kind of paint the overall picture of this rebranding and kind of what you see from them. And I, I think it's just really, it's a little extra something that isn't necessary, right? It doesn't, it's not you know they're a brewery but you know to to have those make those design choices and have that be part of it i thought that was really i thought that was really interesting and that's that was one of the ways i was able to find you so i, I do appreciate that you know i was trying to do my research and then the, oh yeah
1: i never i never asked you how you how we did end up getting getting in touch so you just saw me right on the website
0: yeah i think i was you know i i, know. I, I, you know, I keep a file of, of different you know art that i really like and i you know it's a, a you know, Google Drive, you know, Excel file, and I have you know, brewery location, and I and so I try to figure it out. Sometimes I, I'd have to check. I might have messaged them on uh, Facebook. That's been other been a really great way. I think that breweries have been super supportive of that. You know, they're really excited. You know, when I tell them what I'm trying to do, and other times I had kind of do a deep dive and try to figure it out. I've noticed more that with label work, when people are posting it, you know, on social is you know some of the breweries will, will tag, you know, who the artist is that made that. And so that, that makes my life a lot easier.
1: Hmm. I think it all depends on the personality of the brewery. You know, some, you know, if they're more corporate, maybe they don't want to, um, you know, show the man behind the curtain as much. It's just, you know, here it is, but I think it works really well for Trogues and it, it resonates with their whole ethos and their whole brand. That's just, you know, it's, it's creativity and it's art and it's that passion for, creating things by hand that whether it's brewing a beer or making a label, that's kind of at the heart of everything they do. Um, So I think that, that showing those behind the scenes, um, showing that behind the scenes stuff really resonates with a lot of their fans.
0: Yeah. I think that people are dedicated. And I think that you, you know, like you're saying beers, you know, beers handcrafted. And so I think that if, if they're going to make a conscious decision to have somebody create something from hand and, you know, even the style that, of your artwork is, you know, it shows more of a hand, you know, hand drawn you know, mm-hmm. style to it. I think it just, is just an overall theme to it. And so I think it's really, I think it's really just, I, th- I thought it was really complimentary. And I thought that it was, you know, it was classy too. I think just to kind of give you some props on the website, you know, it's kind of nice for your, your portfolio. You know, you have a client, you said yeah. a lot of times you pass something off from a client and you hope it comes back out, you know, or what they do with it and they might chop it up or put it in a really weird layout that you don't really like you know and so i think i think it's i think in that regard it's you know it's really cool and so you know so you know props to those those guys and the crew over there um yeah i i was really happy i was really happy to see that um yeah and what i and what i've been finding myself doing now that i know the different artists of the of the beers you know social media is great for people hey, look at my picture of my beer um, so I, I found myself you know I'll, I'll take a couple you know maybe a half hour you know here and there and just search for a certain brewery or a certain beer and then I'll just tag the people's photos like hey this artwork was by so-and so and so that's been kind of a, a fun little side project to do
1: mm, yeah
0: yeah so I think it's cool um, so working with all this beer are you uh, do you enjoy do you craft beer or are you uh, do you have a favorite? <laughs>
1: this is going to sound crazy, but I'm not a big beer drinker. But, yeah. No. It sound um, crazy. I, so I, well, <laughs> by, um, I like like a good, um, I actually really love mad elf. Um, and I, I like, I'm, I'm just not a big, like, you know, just sitting out on the porch, drinking a bunch of Miller lights kind of beer. Yeah. You know, or any oh, good, kind of cause... like craft beer, like any kind of just like, like a sessionable beer, I guess I'm not super into. Um, but I, uh, but yeah, like mad elf is great. Um, I'll, I like like a sour beer, um, which is just like a totally, it's, it's totally different than any, that's probably why I like them that they just don't taste like a typical beer to me. Um, so actually I really want to try the, they have that sour peach that they just came out with that I, I got to get out to the brewery and try it. But, um, yeah, like a goes or a lambic is kind of like if I'm going to get a beer, that's what I'll go for.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I think that's the best part of where the kind of, current beer situation is i think that i never like if you told me oh there's these things called sour beers i was like i was like when i first heard of those i was like that doesn't sound like doesn't sound like to me. <laughs> and then you try these different ones and it's okay is this fruit or that fruit or this is how it's made and i'm i'm pretty novice on the sour aspect of things i mean i'm not sure what i like or i don't like i mean i'll try them but i don't know i can't be mm-hmm. like oh, i like that I, I don't know why i like it yet but i keep trying them and yeah that freaky peach one i definitely um i would definitely like to try that one i saw that one on their uh, instagram the other day but yeah i think it's that's the best part there's all these new styles and even the goza which i was like oh like sea salt and this that and the other it's like yeah westbrook out of uh south carolina makes a really really good one and they even made like a key lime pie one again sounds awful but it was it was great (laughs) oh man yeah. yeah, sometimes you, you hear
1: about a flavor and it's kind of like, oh, I mean, I'll try it. But it, it can surprise you. You know, you just have to be open to it. Yeah, I
0: think it's amazing how they're able to get something mean, – just get some of the flavors to actually be what they are. And then you see how they did it and it's not like – there's a, uh, another weird beer. I think it's a peanut butter and jelly one. And that just sounds like – how, how do you even do that? And it does it, – I mean – it, to your point, it's like I'll try that once. Like, I'm not getting myself a, you know, I'm not sitting down having a six pack of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but you try. I, I, I think part of me just tries it out because I can. It's like it's a thing. And so it's like, oh, that's interesting to me. But
1: I mean, I had a peanut butter and jelly burger recently that was great. So you never know.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, even that with food, it's like, <laughs> what, what are you doing with that? And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, even when people were saying, like, which is not as adventurous, but like putting like the fried egg on like a burger, that was, I was like, oh, well, I mean, that's not really – that's breakfast, you know. But
1: I'll put I'll put a fried egg on anything. I think no, they jazz up just yeah. about <laughs> any kind of food. If, if I see that option, I'm like,
0: I'm in. Sign me up. Yeah. A dollar for an egg. Put it on top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the key of that. Like, oh, oh, yeah, I'll just have all those extra options. So it's going to be – that's a $30 burger. I'm like, let's do it up. Let's go. <laughs> well, that, I think that's really – no, I think, yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, uh, so Freaky Peaches, is, is that only brewery only? That's
1: a bummer. Yeah, all their Splinter Series stuff you have to actually go out to the brewery to get, as far as I know. Um, so, well, but it's, th- I mean, you know, it's it's only about I'm about two hours away, so it's not too bad. And then they got the they got the theme park right there. I mean, you could definitely make a day of it.
0: Nice. Yeah, have a couple of drinks and then go uh, go <laughs> go over to go the – go on a
1: roller coaster.
2: Yeah, yeah. Go, see
0: the, the chocolate river and you do it up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to Hershey in a long time. I, I, the one of the first times I went was when I saw. Uh, fish for the first time at the Hershey Stadium in ninety six, but yeah.
2: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah, it was good. I, I snuck out and went to that. It was good.
1: Sorry mom. Yeah, I've never I've never even been to the theme park. I've been out to the brewery and I've just kinda like looked longingly over at it. But uh you know I'll have to check it out one of these days.
0: Yeah, it was a school trip. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was fun. There's, I mean there's huge people dressed up instead of like characters as like chocolate items. So it's kinda weird. You know? <laughs> And if you travel the world, like people aren't always raving about, like, oh, like you know, I've been to Europe and like the chocolate's amazing. No one's like, oh, how about that great American Hershey milk chocolate? You know, it's like, oh, you know, they kind of yeah,
1: not not exactly a world-renowned brand.
0: But like, but yeah, but in Belgium though, do they have a you know a six foot tall you know chocolate bar walking around? No, they
1: don't have that. So, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, is it are, are people coming for the marketing or for the chocolate? Yeah, I think
0: yeah, the Hershey Kiss like that was like I got ridiculed for that like, and I was like I didn't even make it like just because I'm you know so when you go over there you represent all of America apparently so hopefully hopefully given given things how they are now hopefully they'll be forgiving because. He's not all of our president, but anyway, this is not a political podcast, but we will interject (laughs) our two cents every once in a while.
2: (laughs) It's going to happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, your creative process, I always, this is, I think this is the the yin to the aesthetics yang, so this is a better one that I ask everybody, at least I think it is. Um, What type of, you know, when you're creating, is there a type of music or there's kind of a a vibe that you've got going on at your studio? Are Are you... in music are you quiet what do you got going on
1: I've actually come to realize recently that I create a lot better in silence which is a bummer to me because I like listening to music but I found that my productivity has gone up and I get and I'm more focused if it's just if it's just quiet if I can just find a quiet place um, which can be tough sometimes you know there, yeah, there's I th- always I like think the of...
0: fact you can do that I think I think that should be a whole other series finding a quiet place yeah
1: yeah so um so if i do throw something on you know it'll be you know something ambient or a classical soundtrack or something like that That doesn't have i think the vocals for me are what become the most distracting if i'm trying to focus on something
0: yeah i agree a lot of it yeah a lot of it's varies. some folks like it's been interesting some folks are really into like metal and they like just rock out to metal and then other folks have like (laughs) more of like a you know electronic or something with no words they can just kind of you know get into it but I was, I was just kind of kind of interesting um so all right well i want to is there anything i want to thank you for for making the time is there anything kind of currently you're working on you're working on some of the secret labels that you're not going to share with us but is there anything,
1: <laughs> anything you're currently I, I don't, currently working I don't on? have a I, I have something for troves coming up pretty soon um i haven't started working on it yet but there, there's going to be something for them and then uh the main other thing i'm working on right now is um a, kind of something close to my heart that I work on for, um, the Ticcone community development corporation. That's right here in Northeast Philly. Um, mm-hmm. they have grants from, you know, the Knight foundation and, and they work on kind of revitalizing the neighborhood. All right. Um, so they've done a lot of like, you know, they're, they're doing landscape improvements and storefronts and, and just redesigning a lot of stuff. And I do, um, like a lot of their like little brochures and, um, their annual reports and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm working on some stuff for them and it's a nice, like working for the community kind of project that I, that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, if you go on, uh, on Lindsay's Instagram, uh, star we haven't figured out how to say this together, but S T Y R O V O R there's a nice piece up there, right. From when I think it was their, their fifth anniversary, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, they've been, they've been working on stuff around here for five years now and it was like an overview. We did a, did a big um, spread in the inquirer here in Philly um, to kind of highlight all the different stuff that they've achieved over the past five years. So that was fun. And that was something new for them um, just from that style. Like I hadn't done a big like illustrated piece for them before. um, And an ad was a good opportunity to do that. You know, you can always kind of break out of the brand guidelines a little bit for an ad campaign. So it was fun to do that for them.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and I'm thinking there's launched the hoagie trail, and I'm thinking like I need to get on that hoagie trail. I like a good hoagie. Oh, uh, so.
1: there's some there's there's some killer people people underestimate. There's some killer food in Northeast Philly. You just have to look a little harder for it.
0: Yeah, I, I recently saw a couple. I don't know if it was it was one of the larger publications, but one of the, like a world renowned artist went and it was like all these kind of unex, unexpected, you know because there's such a good, like, cultural diversity, which is one of the things I love just about Philadelphia in general. It's, you know, I think that kind of it shows how things can be, you know, the coexistence of, you know, but everyone still has, keeps their uniqueness. Um, and it was just a, it was just really impressive. It kind of, you know, I've been in Connecticut almost 20 years now, but, I, I mean, you ask me, I always say I'm from Philadelphia, you know, and so it's always kind of, I always pull for Philly. So I was psyched that you're from Philly, and the fact you're in the Northeast is even kind of a – you know, double thumbs up. I know you're from Florida originally, but you know, eventually you'll give in and say you're from Philadelphia and
1: I feel like I say that already. It's funny. I grew up you know, growing up in Florida and and you know, I moved out as an adult and um I don't know, it just never Philly definitely feels like home to me. It's just weird. You, you come to a place and it's like this is fits my whole vibe. You know, it just it I, I say I'm from Philly. You know, it's not I don't I don't I don't have that like Hometown where I was born, kind of prized for Florida the way I the way a lot of people probably would. Right, right, yeah,
0: yeah. Don't mess with the Gulf, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now the big question: W A T E R. Yeah. How do you say it? Water. All right. Yeah. No no, water. No water. Yeah, I've kind of lost. No, when I first
1: when I first moved here. So, do I sound like I have a Southern accent to you at all?
0: not full southern but like a, yeah. a, a little bit like yeah
1: uh, i don't really know the weird place yeah, where it's like there's Florida. so many transplants it's yeah. like it's florida's a lot more southern than people i guess want to admit or give it you know it's 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 like it's not just disneyland and miami there's like a whole weird you know weirdness
0: yeah it's definitely in yeah.
1: the rest of the state that a lot of people never really see um, but yeah, I get a lot of like, oh, you sound like you're from like Texas or you know, like somewhere where it's like Southern, but not, you get like a lot of transplants. So it's like a weird thing. But um, yeah, you're when like I, Southern, uh,
0: like, you're not like Southern banjo, like, you know, you're more just like uh, <laughs> a little Southern. Yeah.
1: Little, little, you know, but if I get drunk, it comes out a little <laughs> bit more, but, um twang. but uh yeah, but move, moving up here, when I first moved up here, when I was visiting and stuff, I could hear the Philly accent, which was so like my boyfriend, I could hear his Philly. And he he doesn't have much of one, but I could hear everybody. It's like I hear the water and I hear and I was like, oh, my God, like if, I never really thought of a Philly accent before I came up here. But now that I've been here so long, you have to have a really strong Philly accent for me to hear it. You know, for, mo- for the most part, I don't really hear it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's like home and phone. There's a bunch of words that I still say, but I don't say water anymore. And I, I mean... <laughs> my my sister shannon um who's i mean if she was into tattoos she would just have every philadelphia thing tattooed on her she's like miss philadelphia um she and the first time i said water and didn't say water i mean if she could have had laser beams shoot out of her head into me and like she was just like the most disgusted look on her face like what did you say <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, she didn't have to say it. I just felt it. And I was like, I, like I <laughs> let her down because I wasn't like a conscious thing. And it was just like a moment of sadness. And then we kind of moved on.
1: Yeah. You do, you know, whether you mean to or not, you do kind of take on wherever you move, you, you start taking on that kind of stuff. Like I, uh, like, you know, in Florida, it was always, oh, I'm going to the beach, and now I'm it's going down the shore. You know, and I never thought I was – I moved over, I'm like, down the shore, and then that's just, like, you're not going to – you can't fight it. It doesn't – yeah, a lot of this stuff doesn't even make
0: sense. Like, that's the worst part. Like, you're like – I still say it. I'm like – so then when I say it to people who don't know, I'll say it, like – or I'm typing it to somebody. I'll put in parentheses in front of the shore. I'll put Jersey just so, like, they know what I'm talking about because otherwise it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, oh. I'm like, you don't really get what I'm saying, do you? No Oh well, their loss, our gain. Yeah, even even the hoagie thing, I try to keep that. But that that seems to be okay. Some folks in, in New York, yeah, hoagie
1: they it. don't say anywhere else, right? Like hoagie is just here. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you'll get
0: you'll get it once in a while. Like some places in Manhattan might say it, you know. But like they'll yeah. say like grinder or wedge or some other weirdness. So <laughs> I hate that when places have that, and it's like you have to like say that, and I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, I just wanted to say, it. yeah.
1: Hoagie's the, hoagie's a great word. It sounds like your best friend. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like you just
1: want to hang out with
0: a hoagie. <laughs> a hoagie will never let you down. No. Hoagie, hoagie, and Wawa. I learned that. Yeah, and again, if, if you're still listening to this at this point, folks, I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> this ramble on about my home.
1: This is just, this is just a Philadelphia podcast at this yeah, point. Yeah, Philly exactly. Love. I'll
0: tag I'll tag the hell of Philadelphia hashtags. But yeah, no, there's word that uh, one of the first areas that Wawa tried to break out in like the '80s was Connecticut, and so there's a store that my wife told me used to be a wawa and i still don't have i don't have factual proof of that yet but I, it makes me so mad that there could possibly be a wawa here now they're going down to florida and they're all over the place now but i don't know oh you
1: don't have them up there i wasn't sure what their footprint was these days oh no it's awful it's, oh bummer so i can they They're yeah. so much closer that's that's i mean that's just an insult that they're hopping all the way down to florida and they can't come up to connecticut
0: well yeah, i mean but a lot of philadelphia people i think go to florida you know like especially the older folks yeah. and stuff i think yeah know, especially you know philly's baseball so i mean i think it's kind of easier but i don't know there's i'm, I'm still hoping but yeah i always go you know if i'm like you know i've just eaten dinner i'll go and get like a classic just like for the ride i'm like i just have to go and use that kiosk and order something
1: from Walmart, <laughs> you know just because i can they're just killing it i mean there's no other convenience store that comes close
0: yeah, and there's one in the Northeast, I think, or right outside that now has alcohol. I think that was a big deal they with one of their relaunches. You
1: know. Oh right. wow! Damn, I got to check that
0: one out. Yeah, it's One stop right. shopping. Exactly. Get your gas. Get your yeah. Whatever you need. It's great. Well, again, Lindsay, I thank you so much for making the time. It was really interesting. I, got, I really enjoy you know your work. Uh, I think that with your style, I think a mural should be next on the on the. Future projects, I think your work would a mural. Yeah, it
1: would look great. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I, there's been a couple of things that just haven't come to fruition yet, but a couple of different opportunities that maybe to do something like that. And I'm, I, I would, I would love to do a mural. So, yeah, that's funny that you say that. But thanks for having me. It was a great talk.
0: All right. Well, like I said, um, we'll we'll, we'll keep you updated when everything goes up on the on the site and the podcast. And if there's anything you're working on that you want us to. To promote, you know, please don't hesitate to to reach out. I'm trying to kind of build a little community here, and you know, we'd love that. Do whatever we can to to help. And I really, like I said, next time I grab myself a a nugget nectar, I will enjoy just a little bit more. So I appreciate it.
1: Cool. Well, thanks, man.
0: All right. Well, you have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Lindsay.
1: All right. You too. Right, Bye. Bye.
0: And there we have it, Lindsay Tweed, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode number 14 is now in the books, really enjoyed that one, always a pleasure talking to folks from my hometown of Philadelphia, if you're not from that area or you've yet to go to a Wawa, I would say I apologize, but I wouldn't really apologize, I just want you to know that you are really missing out on one of the great convenience store experiences in this country so check it out wawa wawa w-a-w-a that is all you need to know get yourself a shorty or a classic maybe get yourself a little iced tea there that's usually my go-to now you can get gas and apparently beer so check it out do not miss it they are everywhere they are like the starbucks of the philadelphia area but it's really great to talk to Lindsay. I love the connection she has with Trogues. and honestly, at first, at first, I was kind of I, I thought I missed the old look and feel of Trogues, But I've just come to love and expect her style and design, the simplification of it, the the sketch work, and it's just really been great to see all the the new beers come out there. We do wish that Lindsay would have been a little more uh, loose lip there. But we do respect that she has to keep things on lock and key. And if anybody has any funky peach they want to send it our way, we would love to, to have a few. You're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode 14. Again, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you. And I can't thank you. But I can. I can thank you enough. It continues to be an amazing experience. Things are going really great, and it's because of all of us working together, sharing the love, sharing the posts, the pictures, the news, the articles, everything, just getting the word out there. And day by day, beer by beer, stroke by stroke, we are getting the word out to build our little community here at the 16 ounce canvas. Our third 12-pack is in the works. we are almost got the whole thing lined up for you, so look for news and announcements on that coming, I'd say probably the next uh, 10 days or so. I am happy to announce I will be going to Amsterdam for several days. It's kind of a work trip, but we'll definitely have uh, exciting news there. We'll be interviewing our first international artist, in Amsterdam and bringing that to you. So we're trying to take this take this adventure all around the world. We have some ideas for 2018. But we're going to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to enjoy the time we have one day at a time. No sense to look too far ahead, but it would be pretty great if we had 36 episodes in the books. That's what our plan is. To announce our next, our third 12-pack. Get that out to you, get the news out to you. And pretty soon we'll be able to give you the schedule for the entire year. But, hey, crazy, right? Little guy, little podcast, blowing it up. But in touch with us, 16ozcanvas.com. A couple weeks ago we got a call from a brewery out of Pennsylvania. We won't blow up the spot yet until we'll see what happens with it. But one of the head brewers over there gave me a call. They checked us out. They dig the podcast. They're listening. And they asked for recommendations of artists to help them as they roll out their new line of cans. So, so far we've been interviewed for the paper and we've got a brewery asking us for recommendations because of the podcast and the website. So things are pretty amazing. I think that's pretty great. And there's rumors that we we'll received some, some crowlers also in the process. So that would be, that would be great too. But once again, you are listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ, and I am the Grateful One here. Much appreciative. Appreciating you and just spreading the word out there. I know I keep repeating that, but it does mean a lot to me. We do dig what's going on here. And we want to also thank, once again, the artists, especially these early adapters, ones that took the chance with us, dug the vision, helped get us off our feet, and been a part of the efforts ever since. So, hey, if you're out there, thank you. And if you're on Instagram or social media and you got your beer porn or whatever the hell you're calling it these days, your craft beer, your label art, 1-6-O-Z Canvas, boom. It's that easy. You help us index all the photos for the show, and we'll find you. So we thank you. We hope you're having a great time. The weather is beautiful. Kids are getting out of school pretty soon. Summer is upon us. Excited that we'll be able to go to the main area this summer. Our annual trip to one of our favorite places on earth. Harrison, Maine. Hopefully get to uh, stop on over to Bissell. See how the new place is going. Every time we visit, they keep crushing it more and more. Maybe we get over to one industrial. Props to the crew over there. Austin Street doing their first canning. Foundation Brewing and the... Kind of the big daddy, Allagash. We love Maine, so we also have Liquid Riot. We'll be talking to folks over there soon. They were awesome enough to send us a couple beers. I have a great photo when they first started uh, doing beers and releasing some of the stuff there. They were going with the metal aluminum, you know, bottle, and so it was really cool to see stash and realize that when I went to check in on, on Untapped, you can find us on Untapped at A Kieran's. Again, uh, touch there. We can, you know, virtually drink together. It was cool to see where it was and now where it's come uh, all this way. So, plenty of good stuff to come. But yeah, all right. Bags are packed. I'm leaving on a jet plane. I do know when I'll be back, though. So, we won't, we won't sing this song for you, but we'll be back next week. You'll notice no difference. When you listen to this in the future, you'll think I'm going to Amsterdam again. Who knows? Maybe the stars will continue to align, and that will happen. But again, we thank you. And until next week, my name is AJ. I'm your host. Check us out, 16ozcanvas.com. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave us a review. And we tip our caps. Huge thanks to the one and only Lindsey Tweed. Checking in from my hometown of Philadelphia. The one behind. Pretty epic rebrand of Trogues out of Hershey, Pennsylvania. So get in touch with us, get in touch with Lindsay, and go grab yourself a Trogues this week. Cheers, my friends. It's been real. Thank you. And now for a preview of episode number 15, featuring Dave Kaminsky, known for his work with Heist Brewing, right here on the sixteen ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. If you're kind of, I always ask kind of like for the, like the elevator pitch. How would you describe your, you know your art? was really interesting. You know, the the work that you shared with me definitely is a lot different than the the label work you've done. Um, how would you yeah. describe yourself?
2: Well, I um, you know, I I studied graphic design uh, in college and. Um, And so, you know, I have a a really kind of strict design sense, but also I have a a very uh, kind of rough and raw art sense as well um, because I I also do sculpture and and painting and and assemblage and things like that. Uh, So during the day, you know, my my job, my profession is doing broadcast design, um, working for television, so doing animations and graphics and uh, print work. Um, and then I also, you know, do sculptural work uh, and digital illustration. So kind of kind of run, run the gamut uh, as far as design and, and art goes. Um, I would say that my aesthetic is very intimate um, and kind of tends to go a little dark. Um, and, uh, but I also I'm, I, I like to be very clean but aged at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, so, uh, you know, composition form is very important to me. Uh, but also, you know, I like, I like weathered things and, and old things and dirty things. Um, so that kind of mix, um, is often found in my work. You
0: said it better than I did. So yeah, I think that's great. I, and looking at the pieces, I definitely think the, the materials that you use are, are really interesting. They're obviously, you know, the choices that you're making, you know, using, you know, words and, uh, text, not necessarily, um, yours but just kind of the stories or you know uh mm-hmm. yeah t- textual and it's, it's really interesting i definitely see the the weathered or you know kind of uh you know older i don't, I don't want to say faded mm-hmm. but you know, kind of used and kind of traveled i guess some yeah. materials
2: yeah i mean i you know especially in the assemblage work that i do and i feel like it relates a lot to my 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 animation work because i'm I'm finding objects to put together, and in animation, you're finding, you know, you're also finding objects to put together and animate and move around. Um, and and I feel like these objects that I find, they tell their own story, and by combining them, you can change that story. Um, and a lot of people can find their own meaning from it, too, based on those objects. I mean, everybody has their own history uh, and their own emotional association with certain objects and with certain words. And so I like to leave things open to interpretation. You know, it may not mean the same thing to you that it does to me when I put it together. But there is a lot of emotional connection, a lot of intimacy in my work. A lot of my 3D pieces, you know, they move or they open, um, and they're small, so they have that. you have to get close to them to see them.